Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you doing today on this fine Sunday? Pretty good. You just told everybody it's Sunday. (laughs) It feels like Sunday. Yeah. Well, it is Sunday. It is. Somewhere. Sunday somewhere. Yes. So, um, well, whether you're reaching, where you're listening to this podcast on Sunday or not, I guess it does. It's not the point, but yeah, uh, we're, we're recording on Sunday. So, yeah. So I, I noticed that you're still here. You're still part of this podcast. I, I am. I, I know that you gave me some feedback as to, uh, some of our listeners and they haven't all voted to kick me out yet. Yeah. You haven't been voted as the, um, weakest link. You're still standing. Yeah. Not yet. Anyway. So I'm I'm still here for another podcast at least. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to make promises or you know give you some type of a contract. You're just gonna be kind of like per diem. <laughs> you're just you're just stringing me along. You're until just it, per diem. Whenever yeah. I need you, I'll give you a call. All right. When I'm, uh, when I'm deemed useless, you'll just see me to the door. Yeah, yeah. I'll lay you off. <laughs> okay. So what are we talking about today? We're gonna talk about what healthy relationships. Uh, I think yeah, that was the topic, right? We want to go into healthy relationships. Yeah. We'll, are we going to talk about like what is a healthy relationship? Well, I think we're going to talk about some the top three main components of a healthy relationship, and you know we can start off with communication, and then we'll we'll go into the other top two, which I think are really important, and I think we've worked really hard at having ourselves. Yeah, and that's I, I would say that's the number one thing, right? Communication is is extremely yeah. important uh, with, with any relationship, whether it's a you know any type of partnership i should say yeah any partnership boss friends family kids you you have to be able to communicate effectively yeah because there's communicating and then there's communicating effectively it's about effectively getting your point across and understanding the other person's perspective that's important yeah i think it's really important you know communication is important because you, in order for it to be effective, you need to be able to get outside of your own needs and outside of your own head. And you need to be able to hear it and see it from your partners or whoever that person is perspective. Yeah, I would agree. So let's talk about, uh, in terms of communication itself, there's a couple things that need to be established for good communication, right? And that's yeah. mutual respect, I feel, right? Yeah. Um, mutual trust, uh, mutual uh, admiration, maybe. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think so. I think you need to be able to trust the person that you're going to communicate with because you should be able to communicate your deepest desires about that conversation and feel that they're going to be reciprocated. And then in terms of of trust, well, yeah, we talked about trust, but admiration. You need to care about this person that you're communicating to because you're going to do a better job effectively getting your point across, but also receiving their point. There's the issue at hand that you need to communicate about, right? It's not just about what your issue is or what their issue is. There's the issue. And you need to remove your own personal agenda from what you're communicating about and just literally talk about the incident. And in order to do that, you have to be able to take a step back and hear your partner. Yeah, I think you're moving ahead into conflict resolution. We'll get into that in a bit. But yeah, you're right. It's a two-way street, right? Any communication is goes both ways and there has to be an acceptance and an openness on your part and on the the on yeah. the other person's part right to be able to relay and accept 
relaying your own needs to that person and that person um, is doing the same and but you're also accepting their needs. That's the basis for good communication, right? When there are two people that are both sharing their needs but also accepting the others. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And you need to be able to foster that environment and create a safe place to feel like if there's something that's really bothering you and you need to talk to your partner about it, you need to be able to feel that they're going to really hear you out and that you have a safe place to express those feelings. And I think more often than not, people are fearful of that. Like, how is this going to be received? Yeah, you're right. Because a lot of people don't think that their feelings are going to be validated. That goes to the point that I was making a minute ago, right? It's a two-way street. So a lot of people are afraid to communicate because right. they feel like they're not going to be, maybe they're not going to be heard right? Yeah. or they're not going to be, you know, their feelings aren't going to be validated. And not that all feelings are always, you know, and we've talked about yeah, this before, you, right? Yeah, you have your feelings and emotions, but those aren't always facts. Exactly. There's a difference between facts and emotions and feelings. So it's important to to understand that, but as a partner, as the, the person, you know, that you're communicating with, it's important for them to validate how you're feeling, even though it might not be based in fact, in terms of what you're talking about, but understand that that's how you feel. And there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. But then again, right. bringing it back to, okay, that's good that you feel that way. And I acknowledge that you feel that way, but that right. necessarily isn't the facts of yeah. the case. There's your feelings towards the incident. And then there's what happened. Correct. And I think that being able, and that's another key component about healthy communication. You need to be able to differentiate, okay, are my feelings based upon what actually happened or are these just a trigger for me? Or do I just feel a certain way about this incident? Because the other thing that I think happens a lot too, and this kind of goes with that, is if you've had poor interactions in the past communicating, you bring that with you to each and every time you need to communicate about something. So learning to let that go, take the lesson from it, but not always portray it as it's the same thing that you've been dealing with. I think that it's really important that you can do that and you can differentiate. These are my emotions, but this is what happened. Removing the emotion from the incident, I think, is, is huge. Yeah, that's a very good point because we bring our past experiences into the next interaction, right? So, and we've talked about this and we'll probably talk about this later in another podcast, but something that we've been delving into personally is like childhood traumas, right? right. So how we communicated with our parents is a good basis for how we learn to communicate and how it affects us in later on in life. And it's funny that you say that because yes, how we've, how we've engaged with our parents growing up, but also how our parents were receptive to us and to how we felt and to our needs and to how we needed to communicate that can also set the standard for how we feel or how we interpret someone else is going to receive us. The great example is, is if, you know, you're as a child, you go to your parents, you say, hey, uh, I feel like this or I need this. And you're shunned away because, you know, unfortunately, it's not the right time or, you know, the stressors of the day or anything can happen and you shush away your, your, your child. That could trigger um, a certain feeling that you carry on later on in life. Right? Yeah, you, you can you can feel not validated and feel like how. And that's where bad communication starts. Right. You know, those f very first attempts at communication whether, you know, and, and sometimes you're embraced, right? Some people get, 
you know, have a parent and they're, you know, they, they get down to eye level and they embrace the conversation and maybe that fosters good communication where mm-hmm. uh, like, like we've experienced fostered very poor communication. Right. And that's what we're working on now. And that's, that's why we we try so hard to learn how to communicate, validate each other mm-hmm. and, and be able to, you know, foster those good habits. And that's what we want to, that also brings me to, to this point now that I, I want to do a better job of that with our children. I do. Because there are some times when I do, like, I'm busy right now, or this is going on. And, it, you know, sometimes that's life. But a follow-up, hey, I know I was busy when you came to me. I, I really wanted to follow up with you on that. I think that that's really important that we work hard to foster healthy communication. Like you said, get down and look at eye level. That's why some people are uncomfortable when having to communicate to look someone in the eyes because it is a level of intimacy that somebody isn't just not comfortable with because they've never been validated. So that's another healthy part of communication is being able to step back and look at the person that's talking to you and give them your attention. When someone has your attention, you're going to know because they're looking at you and they're making eye contact with you. Yeah, great point. And that happens even even as adults as with yeah. us, right? Sometimes I'll know... And <laughs> I'm guilty of this, right? I'll start rambling on and I'll have a topic that you, yeah, I know that you're not interested in, mm-hmm. but you, I know you're giving me the time because you want to listen to what I have to say, but I can just tell by your blank expression. Most of the time <laughs> you're not really interested in what I have to say, but we've I, lost her. Exactly. I can appreciate the fact that you're, you know, trying to focus on, on but the conversation. That's but healthy that's, though, yeah, right? Absolutely. It's healthy to be like, look, my husband is talking to me right now about what's going on with a sports team. I have no idea what's going on with this sports team whatsoever. I know I know who the teams I root for. I'm going to tell you that right now. If it's time to wear you know, a Celtics jersey or something like that, I'm going to put it on. I'm a rep. But that's as far as my repping goes because I don't know much about that. So when you come in and you're all passionate and you're telling me about the trades and this is going on and that's going on, I'm like, I start to panic. I'm like, oh, crap. I, I, I don't know. But then I have to remove that and say, I love this man and I love how passionate he is. So right now I'm focusing on his passion and really trying to make sure that I'm understanding and to make sure that you know that I'm listening to you. I'll make sure that I'll say something along the lines where you're like, "Okay, she got A, B, C, D. She good. And that's just kind of part of it. And I'm sure you do that to probably 95 percent of the things I come and talk to you about. Like you could care less about this book that I'm reading on this or that. I read this article, but you love me. And you care about me. So you're like, I'm just going to sit here and smile. And yeah, that's great. But that's, you're giving your time. And that makes, that helps trust building and mutual respect building. Those little activities through the day that you can do. If your partner can come to you and tell you about the little tiny things, they're going to feel better coming to you telling you about the big things, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely right. Why why are you laughing? No, because it was your... It's funny because I, and I know, and going back to accepting the other person's needs and wants, I know when you've kind of checked out or it's something that's not, not all that interesting to you. So, you know, I, (laughs) I like the fact that even though you're not interested and really engaged in what I'm saying, you're putting in the best effort that you can to, to still make eye contact, to still be present and accept that, oh, he just probably needs to get this out because, you know what I'm saying, he's... Yeah. So it goes back to uh, something that you you like to say a lot, and I kind of go back to, to this quote that you always have. It's the 
seek to understand before be understood. Yeah, seek I, first to understand. Before so I think I think that that fits in perfectly with with what we're saying here. Sometimes, right? It's about just, again the mutual respect, the mutual admiration mm-hmm. that you have with someone to be able to you know set aside what your needs are and understand what the person's needs are at the moment, and and be able to to allow that person to to either vent or or say the things that they need to say and to be a captive listener. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say captive listener. Be an engaged a, listener. Yes, be an engaged listener. Yeah. And then and, and be the same thing for that person when that person needs Reciprocate it. Reciprocate it. Exactly. So those are the beginnings of good communication. And then at the higher levels of, of good communication is what you were saying as well, being able to uh, share deepest, darkest secrets without fear of any judgment, without fear right. of being looked at a certain way or being shunned in any way. You have the confidence that that person is going to uh, listen to what you're saying and then be able to either, you know, engage in the conversation with you or just give you what you need. And sometimes that is just a igno- listening ear. Exactly. Just acknowledging what, what's been what you're saying. Yeah. It sounds to me like communication needs to be that two way street. And that's what you've said, you know, a lot of times. It's not just about communicating. These are my needs. This is what I want. This is what happened. Da, 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 da. But it's also, and I think this is the hardest part, it's being able to switch yourself to the other side of the track. And now you have to take and you have to hear everything else that that person said without interrupting, which is my biggest thing that I have to work on, and not taking it personal. Now, oftentimes when we're communicating with our partner about something, we take it super personal. And sometimes we're just, they're just communicating their feelings. So having that mutual respect and that two-way street is really important. And that, I think, why that works well with us, and we fail at it, and we have to work at it, and it's tough, and we miscommunicate sometimes, we misinterpret things, is that's the, those are the healthy foundations of, of any relationship. But we started to work on that as, as friends. And I think sometimes people forget that you're friends first, before anything else, before husband and wife or boss or whatever. There's a there's a friendship there. Well, you would hope not. Not every relationship no. is based on a friendship. No, not every relationship is. But 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 having that friendship and is is helpful. I think with yeah, us absolutely. it is right for, for a long lasting relationship. I think it starts there. That's the foundation, um, and that's what we're talking about, right? That's you know a, a good friendship is based on good communication. And like we said, a mutual trust and mutual admiration and mutual respect for one another. So that's that's where it starts. Yeah. I, I think that's the the out of everything that we're going to talk about. One of the key elements to having a good relationship, right? Is is that that the communication yeah. aspect of it? Yeah, I mean that's really really important. And I and I think we did a very good broad you know, circle of these are the aspects of, of starting and building healthy communication. Let's move on to the next top subject. Which I think we were, we were starting to address, right? Which was um, building the, the partnership aspect, the healthy partnership. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's really important, like I was saying, you know, in order to be a partnership, again, and I think we've said this in other podcasts, relationships aren't 50-50. You've said this. Relationships are more like 80-20, 60-40. Make sure my math adds up, all right? 70-30 <laughs> and things like that. So building a partnership means doing things together, having a mutual goal together and bringing it back to that. When you're a partner with somebody, the goal isn't to be the winner. The goal isn't to be better than the other person. The goal isn't just for you to be able to have your needs met in that situation. It's so that there is a a symbiotic, 
you know, reciprocated goal that you're both working towards. And I think that's the healthy part of building a partnership. Yeah. And just to piggyback on what you're saying, it's, it's not, it it is 50, 50 in the sense that, you know, you're contributing yourself and that person is contributing their selves. And you're not saying that it's not, what we're saying is that it's not always, you know, you're not, you're not always equally giving as much. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's just in, and that's, you know, the reality is that sometimes one of the parties is pulling their weight a little bit, or, you know, the weight of the, the, the relationship, relationship. Mm-hmm. a little bit more. And you can see that in friendships and you can see that, yeah. you know, you know what, what, what's important though, is that you're not always at the 80, 20 mark or the yeah. 90, 10 mark, you yeah. know, you want to be able to pull the weight sometimes and, and sometimes be the one that's, that's getting pulled. And that's what we're saying. So in a healthy relationship, in a healthy partnership, it's not always going to be 50, 50. That's not realistic, but, you should you should see that number you know increase and decrease depending on the situation. Sometimes there's going to be you know one person that pulls a little bit more, and mm-hmm. some other times it's going to be, and that that's evident in our relationship. You yeah, know, our absolutely. dynamics are the same thing. There's been a lot of times where it's been you know nine you know ninety ten and or you know seventy five twenty whatever it, yeah. whatever the number may be, but it's always we always know that when one person can't give as much as the other person that the other we person roles and exactly it, and it's, is pull, it's mutually beneficial. Up the exactly. Yeah. It's mutually beneficial. I think it becomes a problem when some person, like you said, is constantly pulling the weight or constantly doing things for the other person or constantly having to eat, you know, dirt and accept responsibility for even the other person's actions. I mean, it has to be, you know, mutually beneficial in that aspect where it's like, okay, now it's your turn to pick it up. And if you're starting to see that, you know, I'm constantly having to do everything here and I'm not getting anything in return, then you've surpassed that, you know, 60-40. Now you're probably giving 100% of yourself. And if you're having to give 100% of yourself, there's nothing left for you. That's not a partnership. And there's been times when like when I was at my lowest points, you know, it was a 90-10. But when I could get back up, you know, and there was some points where I had to be the, you know, I had to be the 80 for you. I could give it back to you because I wanted to. And I think that that's what makes us partners. Partners in that no matter what, I have your back. No matter what, you have my back. Sometimes I got to have your back for a little bit longer. And sometimes you got to have mine. But we ultimately have the same goal. And our goal at all times is to be walking hand in hand. That's our goal. Let's try to get each other at that point. And I think that that's part of that healthy partnership. Yeah, I agree. If you are right now the partner that's giving a lot more than you're receiving, that you are confident that if the roles are reversed, right. right, that that other person is going to pick up the slack. Because if you're just giving 80% all the time or 90 per whatever it is all the time, and like you said, you're not, yeah. there is no hope. If you pull back, you know, and sometimes you got to do that, right? If you're like, giving 80%- I'm enabling of, now. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the point that I was going gonna to make, right? Because yeah. at some point- it becomes exhausting, right? When you're when you're the one contributing so much to the relationship, and that other person isn't. So sometimes you have to pull back and and you know be the the ten, mm-hmm. and then see what happens. Because if that if that other person isn't putting in eighty percent at that point, then you really have to assess the the relationship as to is this a healthy relationship mm-hmm. or is this a codependent relationship? Yeah, and <clears throat> what I will say is that not 
every single instance where someone's doing the the 80-20, the that the 20 wants to be in those circumstances. But sometimes the 80, you know, the person that's pulling it is enabling that person by doing so much. You're doing a disservice to your partner. You're not helping them. So yes, when you pull back, you're giving that person the opportunity to pull up, to pull themselves up and put the responsibility on their shoulders and feel good about themselves. Because more often than not, that 20 doesn't feel strong enough, doesn't feel capable enough, doesn't feel worthy enough to be in a position of 80, to be in a position of 90, to be in that position of 75. They feel so less than that they feel that that's all that they're good for. So you can show that person, hey, I believe in you and I trust you and I encourage you and I want more for you. So you're going to pick up the slack a little bit, not because I can't do it, but because I know you can do it and it's going to make you feel better. So sometimes we have to be in those roles. You've done that for me, right? Yeah. Did you know what I did you know I was like referring to myself a little bit in that? Yeah, I don't I, you know, I don't take anything <laughs> I don't take anything you say personal. I I know we talk about our relationship a lot in the in the podcast, but I don't I don't make parallels to what I talk about or what we talk about in terms of us. What we're saying is kind of even though it's based on our relationship and what we've been through, it's a generalization. Yeah. So I don't Again, I don't take anything per nothing that you say. Am I equating? Yeah, you're not being to, like, oh, that's our relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And but I bring- was I was giving that of me because it's a lot easier for me to convey that message when I can put myself into it. Yeah, and that brings me to the, another point in partnership, right? And how men and women are very different. Yes. <laughs> and and that's a that's a, you know we segued right into the, this one perfectly, right? So as a man the way I deal with conflict or any type of arguments or any, any disagreements is, is different than, than how you deal with the same issues Yeah. Uh, than women do. And I don't think that's, there's anything wrong with that. It's just men are, and again, generalizations, not all men, yeah. but me in particular, we like to fix things, right? We're, we're kind of the fixers. So when I see a situation, I want to, you know, make, I want to fix the situation in the quickest way possible. And that's not always the, the right way to um, attack an, a, a problem, but that's the way I handle things. Right. You know, I, I wouldn't say that I'm special in that sense. You know, I think it's, a, it's, it's just a, a male perspective yeah. that we, we just want to fix something. When we see something broken, we just want to go ahead and fix it. That's just how we we we're wired, right? Right. So anytime there is a there's a, a a situation or something goes awry, that's my first response. You know how to logically fix it, and not so much how I I don't you know focus on how I feel about it or how it how the situation feels. I worry more about okay, what's what's the solution to this? Right. How do I fix this? Exactly. It's funny that you say that because that is not how I approach situations. And again, I'm not going to speak for all women, but most women in general are emotion based, are emotion driven. So we're not looking for like the logical explanation as to why we're losing our crap in that moment or we feel attacked or something is bothering us. We're just focusing on the fact that we are upset and this is upsetting and this is how I feel and this is what you said. And it's like those things are great. Those things don't solve the problem. Um, and I think that that's sometimes where conflict can happen in relationships, because like you said, and, and in our relationship, but in, in generalized relationships too, you know, a man can approach something very logically. There's there's a problem. I need to find the solution. 
all the emotions get pushed aside because those are somewhat irrelevant to fixing that problem. We can address those things later, but right now we need to focus on this. Whereas we are not, at least myself, not focusing on the problem, just focusing on all the emotions that come from that and the things that are said. And that is, that's just for me and how women sometimes approach things. And therein lies the differences between how men and women approach, you know, the same situation. Right. right. And that that can cause arguments and it can cause conflicts. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, you know, when when we have a disagreement and then you're wrapped up in how you feel or how the emotion of, of how you feel. And then I'm trying to fix it. It, it just, it, it, you know, it, it becomes a muddled mess. Let's be honest. You know, yeah, that, that yeah. happens. Okay, so we're talking about partnerships, and I think it's really important that we address, at least in our situation, that men and women approach communication and conflict resolution differently. We approach issues differently. Well, I'll take it a step further. I'll just say that men and women are just completely different animals. And I know that's going to be controversial because you're already looking at me like, I can't believe you're saying that. No, you know, you are who you are, and that's what makes you you. And you're not coming from a disrespectful place. So, yes, men, yeah. we're, we're, we're two different people here. Yeah, and I'm not saying that men and women aren't equal. I think, you know, uh, I'm just saying that we should celebrate the differences between men and women. Right. You know, and, and again, generalizations, right? But men are a little bit more problem-solving and, and logic-driven, yeah. Um, not that women aren't, but I think it's it. Our main focus is that, right? Trying to solve problems. Yeah. Well, how we solve problems is different, right? Yeah. Like I guess you're logically fun. approaching something, being like, okay, X and Y, and you know, Z. This is what, and we're not. We're trying to solve the problem, but we're trying to solve a, a logical issue with emotions. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> right? Am, yeah, am I, right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, and I'm, I'm okay with saying that, but I think like you just said, celebrate the differences. Like I should appreciate the fact that you're more logical and analytical in things because I, I need that sometimes. And I hope that you can appreciate that I'm more emotional at times. Yes, because there's a lot of times that I need that, right? And it's interchangeable. It's not always the case. You know, sometimes I can be a little bit more emotional, True. right? Where you can recognize that I'm being emotional, right? And, yeah. And and sometimes you can be a little bit more logical and, and yes. you know, sometimes. so it's not again, we shouldn't we should celebrate those differences and not and not downplay the difference. Yeah, like you, you know? shouldn't you shouldn't feel less than or you shouldn't put someone else down and be like, oh, well, you because you lacked emotion and or whatever. You, you know what I mean? You should celebrate that. Like I you know, it can drive me crazy at sometimes because I feel like you don't feel my emotion in that sometimes emotion can really at least for me and some women, it can get us into trouble because the problem can seem a lot bigger than what it is because our emotions are going off and our flags are going off when it's like, okay, you've expressed how you felt emotionally, put those in check. Your emotions aren't going to solve this issue right now. To solve any problem, there's a formula and we can't get to that formula quick enough without getting through our emotions first. That's not typically how men work. Exactly. And men need emotion because the emotion is how you learn things. Right. You you those are the triggers that you have Mm -hmm. in your life because it's everything is an emotional reaction, regardless of what what it is. Right. So if when you you go through something, right, it's the fear or that love or, you know, whatever emotion you fear that connects you to that moment. Right. So it's important for men to understand that, understand that, you know, to make a link, to make 
a connection between something, especially for a woman, you right. have to attach that emotion. It's not all about logically getting to a conclusion. Yeah. Sometimes it's about feeling feeling connected with that conclusion that will solidify that answer. Right. And that's important for men to see and, and for, to understand. And like I said, we should celebrate the differences because when you understand me and I understand you, then that's where great communication happens. Right. And and I just want to say, too, that in terms of emotions and stuff, and I know for me and I know for a lot of women that I communicate with and that I've worked with, before we can be logical, if you will, and problem solving skills can come to play, we need to get through the emotions first. That's why nine times out of 10, as I'm coming off, you know, the first three minutes of this are going to be all about emotion until I can get to that point because I have to. I have to move through those sea of emotions and feelings. And I should not put myself down. I am biologically wired this way. That's why, and again, generalization, most women are great nurturers. It's emotion-based, right? And so you've learned that about me. You've learned like, okay, I just need to give her a few minutes because the first five minutes, first three minutes, but then I can get there. Whereas you might come off right running into the, you know, the street here, like this is what we got to do. And then you'll back and be like, you know, and, and when that was going on, this is how I felt about that. It's just complete role reversal in how we handle things. And when you understand that, you can appreciate it. And there's certain issues that can't be logically solved either. You know, true. Like, that's a good point. You know, like uh, problems of the heart. Right. Like, you know, we have a young daughter. One day she's going to, you know, have a crush on someone and maybe it'll be reciprocated or not reciprocated. Oh boy. There's no logical. You know what I'm saying? There's probably not going to be any logical way to solve that that no, issue the only way you can do is is emotionally connect with connect her. with that exactly and as a man you need to be able to understand that you know mm -hmm. about your daughter or maybe about your son or about anyone right you need to be able to emotionally because some some problems don't have a logical conclusion no some so, problems just require time and understanding and compassion exactly so but it's important just to understand those dynamics, right? Because when, when you understand those dynamics, it makes you a better communicator and it makes you, you know, understand your partner better if you're in a opposite gender relationship. Mm -hmm. But even if you're in a, in a same gender relationship, just understanding your partner and how your, how your partner processes conflict is important because, yeah. you know, again, Men can be very emotional absolutely, and women can be very logical. Yeah. So you have to understand what, who your partner is and what, how your partner processes information and how they deal with conflict to better understand how to um, be empathetic yeah. to their and needs. No, there's no wrong or right way. There's just better ways at times. And I think that that's where couples need to understand is like the more logical way or the more emotional way. Neither of them are wrong. It's just what's the best way for this particular situation that's presenting. And I think that's the toughest part, right? Something happens as a couple, you go through an issue, something's you're presented with something and you both are automatically going to attack it the way that you buy that, that you naturally would address things. I'm coming at from emotions. I'm hurt. Someone hurt my baby. They're going to catch hands. And the same thing with you. You know what I mean? You're coming from like, I don't think you need to be throwing hands down in a daycare center. Let's talk about this, honey. <laughs> well, sometimes you do. You know? Yeah, you know. You so got to do what you got to do. You got to do sometimes. what you got to do. But I'm just saying like, you need to be able to sit down and maybe that's helpful. You know, sitting down and being like, okay, why are you still laughing over there? Because <laughs> I've said that probably. No, but like, yeah. here's the situation. And maybe that's what we can do. The situation is as follows. Should we have an emotional response to this or does it need to be more analytical? Maybe asking 
that and then saying, okay, then you take the lead because that's your strength. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you any less of a problem solver. It makes you that much more of one because you could take a step back and say, hey, your role. Yeah, exactly. And this is, you know, again, coming from years and years and years of failing at this, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's the truth. You know, even now, you know, even now that we have a very strong relationship and we communicate fairly well with each other, <laughs> we still struggle with this, yeah, right? We, we still have these uh, these times that we, we can't see eye to eye. Right. And we can't, you know, even though, you know, I know you very well and you know me very well, it's still difficult. It's still yeah. difficult to to put, you know, you know, our your own stuff aside. Yes, exactly. Your natural biases aside and and and, and be able to, okay, uh, comprehend the other person's point of view and then, you know, tailor your response to that person. And the same in, you know, in reciprocating that. It's difficult. It's difficult. We still struggle with that. Yep. And 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 it's fine, but it's it's understanding and knowing these things that move you into yeah. the path of getting to that point where yeah, you can it's, communicate it's fairly journey. and freely. Yeah. And openly with it really is a journey. There's never going to be a point where you have perfect communication. Like, I don't think you're ever going to get to a point where it's like, yeah, we don't argue at all. If you're not arguing, if you're not having debates, if you're not not seeing eye to eye, then are you really addressing the issues at hand? Because not everybody has the same perspective. You will never have the same viewpoint 100 percent as your partner. You'll have similar goals. You'll have, you know, similar methods and ways to view things. But it takes work to get to a point where you can be like, okay. We're at the middle where we meet. And I just want people to know that, that just if you can't do that all the time, it doesn't mean you have a bad relationship and it doesn't mean that you have poor communication. It means that you have to continually work on it. Yeah. And it's that, not going to work itself. Yeah, that is a great point. And that brings us into our next, right? Because argument, I, I think arguing is necessary. It is necessary for a good relationship. You have to know how to argue. Yeah, because arguing is not the same as being verbally abusive. You no, know? that's not fighting. And, no, exactly. And thank you for correcting that because I didn't know the word for it. You're right. There's arguing to come to a place of understanding and then there's just fighting where there's no resolution whatsoever. So that brings us to the next tenant, right? In in, in a good Number partnership, three, right? Conflict resolution skills. So what is conflict resolution? Well, it's you have it's it's exactly what it says, the definitions in, in, in the phrase, right? You have conflict, you have disagreement. There's something that you guys are not seeing eye to eye and you equally together find a resolution to resolve the issue to the best of your ability and know that some issues require resolving over time. It doesn't mean that you have to complete resolution within that time. It just means that you need to come to a better point and an understanding with a plan to move forward. That's conflict resolution. Yeah. And it's important not to avoid conflict. Yeah. Um, because a lot of a lot of a lot of the times that's what happens, right? Mm -hmm. People um, don't um, don't want to be argumentative, you know, don't no. want to be. Um, well, don't want, I mean, it doesn't feel good to fight. It doesn't feel good to argue. What feels good is when you can get to a better point and say, hey, we just grew from that. But the fear of potentially not getting there is scary and holds people back. I know for me, I used to run from it all the time. Yeah, because for a, lo a long time you had. I don't want to say fear confrontation, but you're not a confrontational per person by nature. No, I'm not. I, I have to like work myself. I legit have to rehearse things in my head. Like, okay, I'm going to say this. Yet you're ready to throw hands in a daycare. That's different. <laughs> Who's going to talk back to me? That's 
<laughs> but yeah. I'm just kidding, y'all. I would never throw hands in a daycare or at children. I'm just saying, like, if someone hurt my kid, okay. I'm not going to be logical in that situation. <laughs> so tr- trying to get back to the point here. I, I think conflict resolution is not playing the blame game. Yeah, definitely not pointing fingers. And I th- that happens a lot. Well, you did this. Well, you said that. Well, if you didn't, you made me do that. If you would have handled yourself differently and you didn't say that, then I wouldn't have done that. That's just that's just transference. That's yeah, just displacement. That sounds like me. That sounds like you. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, you, you do do that sometimes. Um, <laughs> I do that too. It's natural. It's human nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why. You just displace. But that's what makes you a great person, though, is the fact that you're like, ooh, that's me. And that's okay. So, yes, the blame game just, it just doesn't work because- you're both at fault. Like you said, not one person has 100% blame, right? Isn't that what you say all the time to me? Yeah, absolutely. There's, al- <laughs> there's always enough blame to go around yeah. in any argument. Take your fair share. Exactly. And that's important. It's important to own your part in the disagreement. Own your part in the argument. It's exactly. A, like, hey, know, this is what I could have done better. May not change the situation, but moving forward, this is what I'm... All you're doing is bettering yourself. It's not your responsibility so that the other person takes blame or whatever it's just your responsibility to say this is how i'm leaving this argument this is what i work better on even if that person has 80 percent, 90 percent of fault and they don't even accept responsibility for it that's not your problem your problem is that 10 percent. that's it whatever it was you focus on your part so that you can be better yeah you're absolutely right and getting back to you know not not using or not playing that blame game right, right. is something you said to me uh, before is is using the those i feel statements yes right so that's that's important too yeah i feel you know so the worst thing that you can do especially when you're dealing with someone with a trauma history abandonment issues or shame and underlying embarrassment is to say you never start an argument with you did this cuz you're coming off as attacking and it's coming and that person is automatically going to be what defensive right yeah. well it's what you said right you you attack the problem and not the person right? exactly attack the problem not the person <laughs> right so i so I'll, I'll give you an example when you said that earlier i felt really aggravated and i felt aggravated because so i need you to avoid making comments like that because they trigger me however i will continue to work on that You've indicated that you felt a certain way. You've pointed out what the incident was. You've also asked of me what you need from me without at all accusing me of anything. That person is not going to be defensive when you use I feel statements. Clearly indicating the problem, clearly indicating that it's how it made you feel, and clearly putting on the table what you need from that person. None of that would make anybody defensive. Yeah, that's great advice. And the other thing is is sometimes you need to walk away, right? Sometimes walking that's away healthy. and letting the emotions dissipate and subside before coming back to the table mm-hmm. and having that conversation where you can use those I feel statements right. and then, you know, to to highlight the the issue that you're having or the conflict that you're having to find that middle ground and that resolution that you guys are looking for. Absolutely. And I don't think, you know, I I, I could have said it better in, in terms of that. I think it's really, really, really important that if you feel you're about to blow up or you feel you're about to say something that you can't take back, that you walk away and say, need a few minutes. Then you come back, you've de-escalated yourself. You're no longer wanting to scream and yell. You're still going to be agitated. 
but you can do it without attacking your partner. You can do it with just attacking the issues at hand because I'm going to become defensive or someone's go- if someone feels attacked right, wrong or indifferent, their, their walls are going to go up and be like, whoop. They're going to become defensive. And then that can actually trigger the other person to become more angry because this person is becoming defensive because we may not know this, but you're not trying to attack us. You're trying to get your point across. And then because we're defensive, you're aggravated because you feel like you're being falsely accused of attacking somebody. And it's just this vicious cycle when it didn't have to happen that way. And we could have found a better way. So I think it's really important, you know, call it, you know, take a two minute mark, you know, hey, two minute mark, come up with a code word. Minute mark, got to go and come back. The problem's still going to be there. It's just that there's not going to be residual hurt and pain from things that you can't take back. Yeah, great advice. It's about having, you know, a growth mindset, right? Exactly. And, and that's that's the key. And it, it goes it, it goes right back to everything we were just talking about, right? Because if you establish good communication and you have a good partnership, then that conflict resolution becomes that much easier. Yeah. Because and and just using those small tricks that we just laid out, you know, it it, it becomes uh, natural to be able to process through conflicts and see yourself out the other end. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, is you got to know at the end of the day that your partner's not going to leave you for every little tiny argument you have. Like if they're going to leave you for that, then bye. Like that's ridiculous. You have to have that what we talked about, that trust that admiration for your partner to know that like when you can remove the fear of what's going to happen and place it and, and, and place it with, I'm confident that I'm going to understand where my partner's coming from. They're going to understand where I'm coming from. And we're going to get to a point where we're going to have some understanding and the conflict is going to resolve. And like I said, not all conflicts are going to resolve right away. You may not come to an agreement. You may have to say, you know what? We're not seeing eye tie. I love you. You love me. Why don't we sleep on this and we can bring it up at another point or we're just not going to see eye to eye on this. I have my viewpoints. You have yours. But this is our bottom line. And this is where we do have to meet up on this issue is not everything is black and white like you teach me. So those things are okay too. Yeah. Like like you were saying, not all, all arguments are negative. Some arguments are great and growth. I think what's important is to pull the lesson from it. Every time you have an argument, ask yourself, did I blow up? Was I defensive? Could I have handled that differently? Was I seeking first to understand before I wanted my partner to be, you know, understand me before I wanted to be understood? Because then that reduces. Because when your partner feels supported, like, wow, if even if you're pissed off at your partner, right, you want to rip their heads off. The fact that your partner's sitting there trying to understand your pissed offness and not being defensive and scared, you're going to be like, oh, you're going to automatically drop your guards and not want to yell and rip your partner new one because, they really are trying to understand. You're not going to always get it right. And there's times that you're going to fail at it. But the times that you do do it, it feels good. Yeah, absolutely. And we still fail at it sometimes. Oh, yes, but we do. But after 17 years, we've gotten a lot better at, at, at it. If anything, we've gotten a lot better to be like, I'm sorry, that was my fault. I totally messed that up. I should not have said that. You know, sorry that you felt that way. Like, that's just going to happen. We're human beings. We we, we are egocentric at times. The world revolves around us. We've been sometimes in traumatic situations. We've been raised where our thoughts and feelings didn't matter. Our opinions on things didn't exist. So now we overcompensate as adults. Like you need to, I'm going to get my point across. This person ain't going to, and that's a trauma response because you're so concerned of feeling 
not validated and not important that by, I'm not going to let nobody tell me how to handle this situation. And it's like, hello, that's what you need to do when you're a kid. Now as an adult, you need to take a step back and understand that you still have the floor afterwards. So there's a lot that comes into conflict resolution. Actually, you bring up a really great um, topic for the next podcast, right? Trauma responses. Oh, that's a good one. And just uh, and- how trauma affects you as an adult in your relationships. Yeah, and absolutely. And and I think we should definitely address that in the next podcast, right? Yeah. And with that note, I think we'll uh, call this one a wrap. Yeah, I think, I think we've provided our listeners with a great roundabout explanation of communication, healthy components of it. So I hope that made sense to you guys. And remember, if you guys have questions, you have a story you want to share, you want to come on and be a guest, reach out to us at podcast at epiphanymedia.com or you can follow me on TikTok, ask.courtney. And I'm also on Instagram, askcourtney underscore. So come and check us out, reach out and... I'm so glad to be here with you. So take care, stay well. And as always, guys, we're in this together. We're in this together. And be safe. Yeah, be safe. And it's okay to ask for help.